What's up, Rod Church? God bless you and welcome. It's great to be with you. My name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here. Actually, I'm the Point Loma campus pastor. But as you, you may know, right now we're just one big old church and we have gathered all across homes and in workplaces. And maybe you're in your car watching this at a later time. We want to say welcome. God bless you. We have a great message in store for you today. At least that's what I think. I think it's pretty good and God's going to speak to you. But before we even get there, uh, man, I'd be, I'd be missing something if I didn't acknowledge what happened yesterday. Toys for Joy. Many of you were there. You've been hearing about it. It's the largest outreach event in all of San Diego. We've been doing it well over 20 years. And, and so without telling too much, we had so many volunteers, so many lives were, were impacted. I want to kick it to this video of our pastor, my pastor, Miles McPherson, with a little recap of what happened. Take a look. What's up, Rock family? Our 24th Toys for Joy event, thousands of families all over San Diego County. What a blessing to be a blessing during COVID. And I wanna thank all of you for all your prayers, all the volunteers and team members that volunteered and all the people who gave financially. There are a lot of kids who are smiling right now, a lot of families who are eating right now who wouldn't have had a meal today. So thank you very much, Toys for Joy. 2020 is a wrap. A Rock Church, welcome back. Again, my name's Travis, if we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors here. And man, we got a great day in store for you. We're continuing in our series entitled, Why Christmas? And man, that's a great question. This year has been one for the record books. We'll never forget 2020 for many, many reasons, but we've had to cancel and or restrict some of the things that we've come to, to know and love. Or if we didn't cancel it, we certainly put some restrictions on it. And what I mean is there were less people, there was less fun, less celebration. Um, maybe you had a birthday this year. In fact, we all had birthdays this year. And if you're like me, I'm kind of a fan of the drive-through. I mean, that's just in and out. I say we keep that into 2021 and on. But no birthdays, no graduations, no fans for sports, time limits on Thanksgiving. I know you all did that, right? There's no singing at Thanksgiving this year. Uh, city has a curfew. I mean, it's so, so much. And I've actually heard people say this. We're almost done with the year. Why don't we just hurry and get to 2021? Yes, please. And put 2020 where it belongs in the past. And so why Christmas then? Why even wait for it? Why even do it? Why is it important that we give Christmas our very best? Well, I'm going to do my very best to answer that question for you today. But I want to pray for us that the Holy Spirit would speak, that he would he would guide us in his word and he would give us all that we need and more. Would you bow your heads wherever you are and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this word. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're speaking and filling us with all that we need and more. Have your way. We bless you. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. So everybody's starting to get their decorations up. That's cool. We're already into December. Uh, th that should be expected except my house is, is pretty basic right now. I've been a little bit busy these, these first few weeks in, in December. And so I have this blow up nativity set. It's just Mary, Joseph, and little baby Jesus. It's not even the whole set. And you just plug it in and it blows up. And so we have that in the lawn. But around my neighborhood in, in a cul-de-sac, it's kind of crazy. It's like Griswold Christmas, man. Everything's lit up. It's Christmas circle, candy cane lane, those type of things. Certain places in our neighborhood look like that. It's everywhere. 
And so my mother-in-law went to my daughter, Anaya. She's five years old and she was kind of giving me a hard time and said, Anaya, you better, better get on your dad. He's behind. And in all her purity and all her joy, she said, no, he's not. We got the best decorations of all because we have, come on somebody, Jesus, the living nativity. And so this week's answer, this week's answer to why Christmas is because at Christmas, we're reminded that at the center of all the other things is the main thing. And the main thing is the message. Today, I wanna talk to you about the message of God. And we learn about this through the story of the shepherds in Luke chapter two. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to, to go there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's the third book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I wanna give you some context about this story and see that the, the message of God had become a really big deal because the people of God had been waiting on this message, the Christmas message for over 400 years. And what you and I do is we, we flip the page, just one little page from the last book in the Old Testament to the first book, Matthew in the New Testament where the story of Jesus first begins. But that one little page right here is the gap, the 400 year gap from the last prophecy to the story of God's message. 400 years of waiting, no voice, no word, uh, no prophecy, nothing. And you can almost hear, hear the questions, where's God? Is there a God? Where's God been? What, 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 where's the word? Where's the fulfillment of what we've been waiting for? And then suddenly, at a perfect moment, the heavens open up and the angels light up the fields of Bethlehem. And that's where we pick up our story in Luke chapter two. We're gonna start in verse eight and I'll read all the way to 14. And this is what it says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. In verse 13, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The shepherd's story gives us four points about the message of God. And if you're a note taker or you've downloaded that little note, uh, note section on our website, or our app, I want you to follow along with me and write this down. Here's point number one, the message of God is good news. The message of God is good news. In Luke 2, verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Do you know the most repeated phrase all throughout scripture in the old and the new is do not be afraid. It's in the Bible 365 times, one time for each day of the year, even in a year like 2020, God's trying to tell us something. In January, he gave us a heads up and, and he said, don't be afraid. And then in March, when, when COVID hit, he said, do not be afraid. And then in May, when the racial tension happened, it was so overwhelming, he said, do not be afraid. In September, when all the kids had to, had to stay home, come on parents, and you had to homeschool them, oh Lord. He said, do not be afraid. And then in November, when the election just confused all of us, he said, do not be afraid. And then in December, 
When our city got locked down for a second time, the Lord said, do not be afraid. All year long, God has been faithfully encouraging you through all the bad news so that he could say, don't be afraid because at Christmas, I have a message that only brings good news of great joy. Um, in my phone, I, I have a lot of contacts, um, some of which when they call, I'll be honest with you, I screen. Now don't overthink this if you know me and you've called me lately and it went to voicemail, but I'll be honest, sometimes I do that. The call's coming in and I just know based on who you are, man, this is gonna be a long conversation or this is gonna be tough or they're gonna ask for something. It's kind of burdensome. And so I'll screen it and just maybe they'll text and I can feel it out a little bit. But then I have other people in my life, friends, close people that when they call, I'm excited. I get kind of, kind of jacked up to see what, what, the, what, what, are they gonna, what are they gonna say? And, and I'm, I'm, eager, I'm eager to talk to them because they're coming with, with good news. The message of God brings good news. And here's how it's good. It's good because he loves you. That's what he brings. It's good because he forgives you. It's good because he saves you. The message of God is good because his mercy is new every single morning. It's good because his grace is free. It's good because he died for you. It's good because he has a plan for you. It's good because it brings good news of great joy. The message of God is good news. <laughs> Why Christmas? Because at Christmas, we're reminded that right in the center of all the other things of our life is the main thing. And the main thing is the message the message of God and the message is good news. Here's point number two, if you're writing notes down, here's point number two, the message of God is for all people. And that's good news already. The message of God is for all people. Luke two, the second part of verse 10 says, but the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Watch this, for all people. Come on, in the chat, type all people. All is all, all people, it's for all people. I think God preaches this point to us when he delivers his message first to who? Shepherds. That's the story that we're reading in Luke chapter two. God gives his message first to the shepherds. And I don't know if you know anything about shepherds, but they stink a little bit. They've been out in the fields all night working with their hands, tending to the sheep, running after them. It's a humble position. They work all day, all night, that they're on the outskirts of the city, sometimes ostracized from the fellowship of the rest of the people, from friends and from family. Um, they work in the fields. Just that thought reminded me of my grandfather, Jerry Hernandez, who grew up from age 16 all the way until he passed away many years ago working in the fields. He was a strawberry picker. I, I, I grew up with him picking strawberries. I have pictures of him in the back of his truck and I know he worked in the late nights and I know he got up early in the morning before anybody got there. And I know he smelled like agriculture and I know he was probably ostracized for his broken English and his Spanish accent that didn't sound like everybody else from Salinas, California. I know that. But when God says that my message is for all people, he's saying my message is for Jerry Hernandez. And maybe you don't smell like agriculture or maybe you don't smell like you've been in the fields all night. And maybe, maybe you haven't been isolated and ostracized from people, but maybe spiritually you feel dirty. 
Maybe spiritually there's a funk on you that you just can't get rid of because there's a secret sin that only you know about. And there's something inside that makes you feel like, you know, in a room full of people, I feel alone. I feel isolated. I feel like I'm on the outskirts from friends and from family. But God says, my message is for all people. His message is for all people, all is all. Romans 3, 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned, all have sinned. And yet God said, my message is for all people. The message of God sent by a king, a royal king. It's not for only those people that have all of their lives set up perfectly, the perfect marriage, the perfect house, the perfect kids, the perfect job. The message of God is for sinners like you and like me, for all people. The message of God is good news. The message of God is for all people. And here's number three, if you're taking notes. The message of God has a name. Come on, somebody. The message of God has a name. And in Luke 2, verse 11, the angel tells the shepherds, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is, watch this, Christ the Lord. Christ is the anointed one, the Lord. He's the ruler of all. He's the anointed ruler of everything. He's got a name. And how many know there is power in the name? Type that in the chat right now, church. Type the word power. Put your name next to it. There's power in a name. There's power in a name. I remember when, when my wife, Vanessa, and I were trying to name our kids. Uh, it, it, that's a sensitive subject. And, and if, you, if, you're, if you're pregnant now and you're, you're thinking and contemplating names, you'll know what I'm talking about. Or if you can think back to when you chose a name for your, your son, your daughter, or whoever, it's, it's tricky. Because if you start telling people, people start to tell you what they think. Like, oh, oh, you're just gonna, you're just gonna call him Apple? That's what you think, you're just gonna call him Apple? Okay, all right. All right, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. She sounds smart. <laughs> she, they start to, 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 to put associations with the names because n- n- names are powerful. Or, you, you know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna call him, uh, uh, you know, Peter. We're gonna call him Peter. Oh, I knew a Peter. Yeah, man, yeah, he dated all the girls in college. Really? You're just gonna throw my son's name under the, under the bus like that? Now I can't use Peter, man. Oh, oh, Isaac, oh, I knew an Isaac in first grade. He used to pick his nose. Yeah, yeah, he picked him and wiped him on the desk. That was Peter the nose picker, man. Yeah, we knew him. Just messed up the whole, the whole name thing. Naming is personal. Names have significance. Watch this. Names have significance because they tell you who and what something is. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, It says this, the virgin will give birth to a son and they will call him, come on, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, write that down. Isaiah nine, verse six. For to us, a child is born, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. That means he can carry the weight of the world on his back. That's his name. And he will be called wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. The message of God isn't just good news and for all people. The message of God has a name. And you can look to him and you can call upon him at any moment and say, he is Emmanuel, God with us. He's with you right now, Rock Church. He is wonderful counselor. He's sending comfort and sending wisdom from heaven at this very moment. 
He is a mighty God. He commands angel armies at the sound of his voice. That's who he is. He is everlasting father, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is the prince of peace. There is no storm in your life that, hey, he can't speak his name and put a stop to. See, the message has a name. <laughs> Why Christmas? I think, I think it's getting pretty obvious because at Christmas, we're reminded that right in the center of all the other things of our life is the main thing. And the main thing is the message. And the message is good news. And the message is for all people. And the message has a name. And here's point number four, if you're taking notes, the message of God has a response. The message of God has a response. In Luke 2, later on in verse 15, we'll read about five verses, 15 to 20. This is what it says. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. In verse 17, when they had seen him, what they do? They spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, what they do? Glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The only response to the message of God is worship. That's it. That's all you can do is tell people about how good he is. Tell people about what you've seen. Tell people about how he changed your life and then give him praise and worship, praise and glory. Uh, uh, giving him the name that he deserves, the great I am, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord of all kings and the king of all lords. It's worship. It's the only response. It's putting God in his rightful place as the newborn king. I want to show this to you. You see what I love about the nativity set is that it starts out with a bunch of pieces and you can kind of just put them wherever you want. You got the wise men, Mary and Joseph, the angel, the shepherd, that's tonight's story, today's story. You even got some of the cows, they're just kind of wandering off into the distance and then you have baby Jesus. But a lot of times what we've done with our story is we've taken Jesus out of the center amongst all the other things and made Christmas about something else. The wise men, for example, they're rich, well-dressed, well-educated, had the best background, didn't have any problems, brought gifts to Jesus. Many of us have put that at the center of our Christmas and now we've made our success the story and the main thing. Now we've made the gifts that we're giving and receiving the main thing, but they can't hold the weight of the world. It's not meant for it. Maybe that's not what you've done this year. Maybe that's not what you've done in the past. Maybe, maybe the shepherd, that's, that's the story today. Maybe you've put the shepherd at the center of your nativity, your Christmas, and what do the shepherds represent? We already talked about it. They represent work. And maybe this has been a hard year in COVID-19 and 2020, and it still is. And you've lost your business and you're just obsessing over it. But now maybe it's, 
it's gone too far and, and you, you've made it an idol because you've forgotten about God's faithfulness and what he's done in the past. And, and now it's just hashtag, I'm on my grind. I'm on my hustle. You, you can't take this away from me. This is mine. I'm gonna make it work. This is all I can think about. And now family has been on the outskirts and now you got, you're not even paying attention to kids and, and, and church and God. This is the center of my Christmas. But how's that working out? It's not meant to carry the weight of the world. Well, take, take the shepherd out, take the work out. About Mary and Joseph. These guys are pretty important to the story. Mary was the first one to get a, a word from the angel Gabriel. She was the first one that was told, do not be afraid. Maybe Mary and Joseph, they're pretty important. Joseph sacrificed so much. The carpenter that taught his son the trade. And so a lot of us has put, we've put our marriage at the center of Christmas. You know, there, there's a book that Pastor Rick Warren wrote a long time ago called The Purpose of Christmas. And he asked many people on the street, you know, what are you, what are you celebrating this Christmas? And a lot of people said family, just the fact that we made it, celebrating the fact that my, my, my family is home. But family isn't set up to carry the weight of your world. In fact, a lot of you can't even see all your family this Christmas. And so they can't be at the center. The only thing that belongs at the center is Jesus. Christmas is only Christmas if Jesus is at the center. In fact, if we put anything else there, it's misplaced hope. But watch this, misplaced hope is the same thing as no hope at all. You gotta have Jesus at the center. And that, that's, that's the story. So why Christmas? Because it's at Christmas that we remember amongst all the other things in our world, at the center is the main thing. And the main thing is the message the message of God and the message of God is good news. The message of God is for all people. The message of God has a name. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. And the message of God has a response and it's worship. Praise to the King, the Prince of Peace. And so just a moment, we're gonna pray together and I wanna give you a chance to do that very thing, to respond. There's a few ways that we can do that. One of them is real practical because many of you know who God is, but maybe there's something else that's at the center. And now is your chance to do as the shepherds did and tell everybody about God's faithfulness. I wanna challenge you to invite somebody to Christmas this year. Invite somebody to, to join you online or share the message. Invite someone to outdoor church. We have services meeting outside at your level of comfortability. You can come and join us. And join us on, on Fox 5 and we have a, a Christmas special called Rock Your Christmas that you're not gonna wanna miss. It's so incredible. And we're gonna show you that little teaser in just a moment. But there's another group of you that your response of worship is to give your life to Jesus. That's the greatest gift you can give. And the greatest gift you can receive is salvation right now. And so I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. It's as simple as ABC. We're gonna admit that we need Jesus and that we sinned. We're gonna believe that he died on the cross for us, that God, in all his glory, humbled himself in the form of a child and lived the perfect life that you and I couldn't live and died for us. And then we're gonna see, confess him as Lord over all. He is the Christ, the anointed Lord. Wherever you're at, would you just bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. And I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And if you need to respond today in worship or respond in surrender to give your life or to give up something because there's an idol sitting in the middle of your Christmas 
I want you to pray this prayer in the stillness of your heart. And you can repeat after me. Just pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I have fallen short. I believe that God, you sent your son at Christmas to live the perfect life that I couldn't live. And I believe that you died for me. Today, I confess you as Lord. Holy Spirit, fill my life. Give me a new heart. Give me a new mind. Give me a new future. I love you. Wherever you're at, you're on your couch, maybe in your car, you pulled over. Maybe you're watching this at a later time. In just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to just acknowledge an act of faithfulness. You could stand, you could lift your hands. I'm just gonna to count to three because I want you to acknowledge that Jesus has now taken over your life. He is now the newborn king, the ruler, the Christ of your life. And then I'm gonna pray for you. One, two, three. Lift your hands, church. Stand to your feet, church. If you're online and you're in the chat, would you click the pray button? Let us know that you made that decision right now. You can even text the word SAVED to 52525. We would love to follow up with you. We're not gonna show up at your house. We just wanna make sure that you get what you need to take your next step on the journey with Jesus. He's gonna change your life. Life with Jesus is so much better. And life with Jesus makes you better at life. It's just the way it works. Here's the next thing I wanna do for you after I pray. I'm gonna show you this video, a teaser for how you can spread the word. Would you just do as the shepherds did and tell everybody about this? So let's pray together for all those lives that were just changed and then we'll kick into this video so you can get excited with me about what's coming at Christmas. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the word today. Holy Spirit, thank you for your scriptures. Thank you that the, the main thing at the center of all this is the message, the message of God. And so we bless you now. Thank you for all those lives that said, I'm not going back. I don't wanna be the same. I'm a new creation in Christ today. We're taking out that idol that's at the center of our story and putting you back in your rightful place, Jesus, at the center. I pray a blessing on every single person, man, woman, and child. Give them a new life, new thoughts, new passion, new desires, and protect them from the enemy today. Heal them, Lord. Touch them like never before. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Would you check out this video about Rock Your Christmas? And we'll come right back. You're going to love it. Join us December 23rd through 26th for Rock Your Christmas with Miles McPherson and friends and enjoy an action-packed retro Southern California Christmas special filled with fun and excitement every step of the way. Rock Your Christmas features an inspirational message from Pastor Miles, some of your favorite holiday songs, celebrity shout-outs, and music by award-winning Christian artist Bill Wickham. Mark your calendars today and head to sdrock.com for more information. Be sure to share this with your friends and family and let's get ready to rock your Christmas. Man, wasn't that awesome? I can't wait. I know you're excited. I'm excited. Hey, tell somebody about this Christmas message. It's going to be awesome. Something like we've never seen before. 
Uh, something we've never had to do before, but man, are we so excited that it happened. You're not gonna wanna miss this Christmas of the Rock. Rock your Christmas. Tell somebody, tell a friend, God bless you. Enjoy your day.